Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast. My name is Josh Baldwin, and I'll be hanging out with you as your host today. I'm really excited about the topic we're going to cover, um, but I'm also really excited about the guest that we have. So our guest today is Heather Brower. And Heather, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I am delighted beyond words to be getting to talk to switch leaders whom I love and whom I'm thankful for. And I'll just start right off saying thank you for serving. This is a ministry that means a lot to me personally. And I think people who love to work with teens are some of the greatest people walking the earth for a lot of different reasons. So mm -hmm. thank you for the work you're doing. It's a good work. Don't give up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that encouragement because switch leaders also know, of course, it's hard work. And it's trying work, but it is absolutely a good work. Yes. Um, hey, would you would you take just a minute and share a little bit with us about you, uh, maybe your family, your journey with Life Church, your relationship with Life Church? Yeah. So um, yes. Well, let's see. So we started with Life Church. My husband was pastoring a church in Albany, New York, that eventually joined up with Life Church and became the Albany campus of Life Church, and then. Um, pastored there for a while. Uh, gosh, I'm, I'm horrible at numbers, but I don't know, like five-ish years there. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I don't, do not quote me on that. I need him to tell me the number. <laughs> and then eventually we moved um, to Edmond, Oklahoma to work for Life Church Central. And um, not much longer after that, I joined on staff too. And um, now I work as um, a content developer and um, I help support like leader guides. Like if any of you happen to work in loop maybe on the weekends, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's something I help support with or, um, you know, print materials in the rooms as leaders. And um, then a huge passionate interest area I get to support is writing for life kids, buddies trainings and for switch support um, training and strategy. And so that's kind of what brings me to this podcast today is my love for supporting kids who have disabilities, differences, kids who need extra support for any reason. Um, my oldest son is 16. He's autistic. Um, and my daughter is 14. Um, and so, you know, our family, we live in a neurodiverse family and <laughs> we've learned a lot of strategies for making my son comfortable at church over the years. And, um, that's something I just love to share. Love. I mean, if you if you just poke me, it, it will just fall out of my mouth. Hey, do you need any help supporting a student in your mm -hmm. life? Or, you know, right. so that's why I'm thrilled to be here today because uh, you know what? It's been a tough couple of years and um, I feel like a lot of kids need a lot of support and I would just love to talk strategy with anyone who will listen. Absolutely. Well, we... We love good strategy and yes. we also love, um, I can just tell people from the conversations I've had, I've gotten to have with you kind of offline. I love your heart for, um, of course, for your kids, but also your heart for looking and going, if it applies to my kids, yes. then, then it applies to other kids. That's and right. I want, yes. right. And I want for them to have support. And so um, you have worked really hard to to do that, just that, to have conversations with youth pastors throughout Life Church to support our teams. And so I'm excited about getting to talk about what that looks like today. Yeah. I will start off by telling everyone listening, if you're listening to this podcast, what we're about to talk about applies to you. And so you might be thinking, well, I'm on a support team. I don't lead a small group. Doesn't matter. What we're about to talk about will apply to you. Um, you might be thinking, hey, I don't actually have like you know, special needs kid in my small group. Doesn't matter. 
this conversation will apply to you, believe me. So please listen closely. Um, Heather has a lot of wisdom to share. And I also believe even more, God has a lot of wisdom to share that, right. that, that will come out during this conversation. So I'll start off by saying, um, you know, I've, I've been aware of the need for us to make sure we have, you know, people that, that feel burdened and called to help students um, who, who we might classify as someone with special needs so that like when they come through the doors, we say, hey, you know, we, we need to make sure that we are providing a great experience for that kid and that we're reaching them, that we're doing everything we can to reach them. But I would be lying if I said that we have, that, I, that I've always done that well or prepared sure. well, right? Yeah. And um, so I'm going to share a, a brief story. I'm going to call this kid Sarah for okay. um, just for confidentiality. So I'm not going to share her real name, but I'm going to call her Sarah. And I'll just say we had Sarah show up to our campus. And it was clear um, pretty immediately that Sarah had um, some some type of mental disability. And so, it, you know, it was clear that there was some special needs that she was dealing with. Um, but we were so glad that she was at our campus. Her first night there, there was a game happening and Sarah really, really wanted to be in the game. <laughs> and it became clear that there was no way that Sarah was going to leave unless she was in that game. <laughs> and so that first night, it was really obvious to us that, okay, we've got one that might be a little bit more challenging on our hands now. And <laughs> we're really not sure how to handle it right. over her second. And then her third night on her third night, she actually stood up uh, in the middle of the service and started yelling because we wouldn't give her the microphone. So that was, <laughs> yep. that was a little interesting in itself as well. And we, and we find ourselves in this place of going, Whoa, like, what do we do for this kid? And so at the end of that night, we went to meet her grandparents out uh, at their car during pickup because we knew her grandparents were raising her and we thought, okay, we need to have a conversation with somebody. So we walk out to the car and uh, to meet Sarah's grandparents. And mm -hmm. as soon as we walk up to the car, I tell her grandma, hey, my name's Josh. Um, just um, look, wanted to meet you and chat with you about Sarah. And her grandma instantly just said, oh no, something's wrong. And so her, so her grandma's instant thought is, something's not right. Sarah, it didn't work out. Sarah's not going to be able to come back because that's likely the response that they've gotten in the past because she's, she is truly a really difficult one to connect with and, right. and can create some pretty serious dysfunction in the night. Right. And I, I said, so no, I just wanted to just talk to you. We love her. We're glad she's here. We just want to figure out like, what could we do? Are there some do's and don'ts with her that maybe like this, this kind of thing makes it better. And this kind of thing makes it worse. And grandma just took a breath, started to say something and then didn't. And then just said, it's really hard mm -hmm. as she fought back tears. Yeah. So that I have had truly maybe five words I've ever spoke to grandma and of already she's fighting back tears because it is so hard for her to raise her granddaughter who has so, who needs so much attention. And I said, Hey, we like, we just want to be clear. And actually it was the leader with me that caught that. And the leader said, Hey, it's all good. You know, you may not even know it may be, it's probably super difficult and, and you may not even know what, it, what, what works great all the time. And she said, yeah, I, I don't, it's really, really hard. And I said, Hey, maybe we could meet up next week. And so we ended up, grandma and grandpa showed up and we got to sit down with them during a service without Sarah ever knowing. Sarah went into service. We sit down with grandparents separately 
And at that time, after grandma had a week, she had thought through things and she had really had time to then process what does work and what doesn't. Here's what she likes. Here's what she doesn't. It was so helpful for us. And through that conversation, we got to love these grandparents and, and Sarah and this family so well. And I know that we gave them a response they didn't expect. Yep. And I found myself in this place going, man, I have, I have probably missed so many opportunities over the years to have truly shown the love of Jesus with like, like what an incredible opportunity, right? Like yes. when, when, when in reality I'm going, man, you know, I don't, we're probably not equipped for that. What a terrible response for a church to say, <laughs> we're not equipped for that. I'm, I'm just saying, and I say that because I have no doubt, I've been doing this for over 10 years and I have no doubt I, that has been my response at times. Sure, sure. And I look back and go, who, like, who the heck did you think you were? Like, what, what, like, what are you equipped for then? All right. You know, and so that's, that's, that's like where my heart and mind are now yeah. and, and acknowledging what an incredible opportunity. So, so the conversation I'm wanting to have with you then yeah, is knowing that, that we should all be burdened by kids like Sarah that needs somebody, need the church to respond in, in an irrationally loving way. Right. Where do we begin? Like, oh, what, like share yeah. with us your, your heart around this yeah. and where, where, you know, maybe what those action steps, those like tangible things are that we can be doing. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love Sarah's story a lot. And it's that it's a hard one for me to talk about without getting choked up. So if my voice sounds crazy, that's because I can't talk. <laughs> I'm about to bust into crying. I'll try to get the words out. But, but what you described, um, Sarah's grandmother's response is typical. It is not an unusual response from um, from a home with a child who has a disability or is struggling with um, a mental illness disability or a child who's um, struggling through grief or a child who's a newly placed foster child. Um, that is a typical response, what you described. It's just really hard. And I love the way she phrased it because it is just really hard some days and grandma might have everything figured out at home. And I, she knows how to get Sarah from brushing teeth in the morning to um, laying down in bed. If she does, I mean, that's fantastic, but she might not have any idea to what to tell you to do for Sarah in switch on a Wednesday night, because right. it's a very different environment. Right? So I think what we can do as switch leaders um, and as youth pastors and as people who want to minister to teens is we can start with a new mindset. Um, and I really feel like the mind that you need to have when you're looking at a teen is how can I help? How can I support? Um, I, let me just back up a little bit and just say, you know, we all have been through, as I said at the beginning, a difficult season and a, a season like we've never lived through before um, with the pandemic and with shutdowns and with incredible loss of routine. Just basically uh, nobody has come through this unscathed. Everybody is hurt on some level. Everybody's got scratches on them. Our kids who are disabled have unfortunately even more scratches on them and are in even more pain and have regressed even more than other students have. Um, I read a report recently that said children with disabilities are meeting their, are missing rather, their developmental milestones during the pandemic 
as high as 93%, 93% of kids who have a disability, and that includes teens, of course, are missing developmental milestones compared to only compared to which is another sad number 54% of kids without disabilities. So every as, as I'm saying like that that's even just talking about milestones that are missed things like you know the ability to self regulate the ability to talk yourself through a stressful situation like these these are milestones that are not being reached during this time. And um as I said basically every Everything that you can think of that's been stressful on kids who are typically developing, which is a lot, um, unfortunately, is magnified for kids like Sarah. Um, And so it doesn't surprise me that she came to switch and started shouting out in the middle of the experience. Um, And what I love is that you guys came to the grandparents and said, how can we help? How can we support? And you didn't just say, okay, what the heck's wrong with this kid? Why, you know, you won't believe it. She, she stood up and shouted in the middle of switch tonight, you know, like you could lead that way and tell the, tell the grandparents. So I want you to follow up with her. Okay. I want you to really make sure she's got some consequences, you know, like, I think that's not the best approach right now. Um, Our kids are in pain. I think they need bandages. They need salve. They need ice packs. You know, they need help to get through the pain that they're in right now because we know that all behavior is communication. It's communicating an unmet need. So what was what was Sarah communicating when she stood up and shouted in the middle of switch? She was communicating probably a need for attention, um, which you were able to give her in a more appropriate setting. You were able to remove her, I believe, and um, you know, sort of talk her down. <laughs> outside of the group. And um, I've heard more of her story from you. And I know that eventually she was able to participate in games um, appropriately. Um, And it brings me to another thing. One of the needs that we are seeing demonstrated through all kinds of behaviors right now is a need for something incredibly mundane called routine. Mm -hmm. It sounds so simple and it really kind of is, but unfortunately a loss of routine is one of the number one stressors on a developing brain. And it causes a loss of a sense of well-being. It causes a, a huge spike in stress because kids don't really know what's supposed to come next. Um, they don't, it, it, when our teenagers are really, really, really learning what is appropriate socially right now. And that's kind of their obsession. And it's the, it's the, it's important phase of development is to learn how to, um, how to act in a large variety of different social settings. Right. And unfortunately, um, our teens have had a lot of their social world pulled away from them, um, and, you know, things will get rolling and then another shutdown will happen or things will get rolling in one domain. But however, um, we're still not meeting here for this club anymore. Or, you know, like it's, there's been so much loss of routine that people are just stressed and are showing a lot of strange behaviors because of it. And so if we could show up routinely, like text every Tuesday at seven. You know what I mean? You can, if, if you have um, a, a texting relationship, you know, with your students, if, you're, if their parents are okay with it, you know, make sure that you don't flake out. <laughs> you know, if you can't be there for a week, let your student know beforehand if, if it's at all possible. We also know that a lot of students are dealing with grief. There have been over 140,000 children just in the United States lost a primary and or secondary caregiver. Wow. That is a lot of grief. 
That is so much grief. And and if you expand it to be on a primary or secondary caregiver to, I lost my auntie. I loved my auntie. Or I lost my grandmother. She was like a mother to me. You know, there our, our teens are dealing with grief, many of them, which carries with it a lot of com- confusing and complicated behaviors. <laughs> if you're a right. leader and, you know, you don't know why the a student just stood up and walked out of the auditorium. You know, sometimes we, we don't want our first thought to be, the heck's wrong with that kid? You know, like, the kid just get up and walk out. You know, we don't want that to be our first thought, right? We always want our first thought to be, oh goodness, I wonder what they need. You know, if you're gonna go after a kid, ask him, hey, what do you need right now? You might be surprised what falls out of their mouth. You know, they might just say, I don't know, I'm just crying and I don't even know why. Mm-hmm. And you know what they need right now? They need for your big grown-up shoulders to hold space enough for them to cry because their bucket is full and they don't even know why sometimes. And sometimes it's just because everything is a little bit different right now. My routines are off. Or I heard about my friend's grandma died and I'm scared my grandma will die and I don't even know how to process it. You know, something triggered them from a song in worship or even a line of scripture or something that the, that was spoken in the... Um, sermon, something, you know, from the message got to them on a way that they just, I just don't even know how to handle myself right now. And again, we as adults are first, again, I think the biggest mental shift we need to make right now is how can I help? That's just got to be, I just want it in the front of your brain the whole time you're in the presence of a teen. Um, we, I, I mean, Jeepers, we learned that in 2020, the proportion of mental health related emergency department visits among adolescents aged 12 to 17 years increased 31% compared to 2019, which wow. was already a high year. Our, our kids are not, they're not okay. I mean, I, I was just, even just this morning messaging with a close friend of mine um, who knew I was going to be on this podcast. Her daughter does not have any special needs, um, but was completely unable to start back with switch when it resumed earlier this year because uh, basically she was afraid she would have a panic attack trying to get from the car into the building because she hadn't been in so long and she realized it was the regular exposure to switch that made it feel so comfortable and she hadn't been in months and now she couldn't even imagine going and you know my friend uh worked with her and worked with her and Here's more good news for you, switch leaders, (laughs) more good news on the amazing power of your relationships with these students. So that girl's switch leader um, had a texting relationship with her whole switch group and kept texting and and texted. And, you know, my friend's daughter would say, ah, you know, but that's what they have to do. You know, they have to text. I'm glad it's so nice of her. I'm glad she does that. But, you know, she just does it because she's nice. And that's what switch leaders are told they should do. Right. So she dismissed it. Yeah. However, the switch leader kept texting, kept texting. So here comes back that whole consistency and routine theme. And she would text and she just kept checking in and she just didn't care and just kept checking in. Until uh, my friend's daughter realized she actually does love me and she's not just doing this. And it meant so much to her that she was able to go back to switch and she was able to rejoin her switch group. And the night when my friend came to pick her up for the first time, she didn't even want to leave 
because it was so great reconnecting with the friends that she missed. She, it was, it was the idea of going back that was so overwhelming. So if you're a switch leader and you're thinking about one student who used to come to switch, one student you used to have a relationship with, and you think maybe now they just, maybe they just don't want to come back. Well, maybe they do. And maybe their behavior right now is communicating their need for um, a, um, a re-strengthening of that relationship. Maybe their silence is actually their way to communicate to you. I just don't even know what to say. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I know that can sound crazy. Like, obviously, if a student asks you, please don't text me anymore, you can go ahead and you can go ahead and receive that message. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> but yeah. if a student is just slow to reply, you know, don't take it to heart. Just realize, you know what, they, they're going through a lot right now and I'm not going to give up on them. Uh, you know, unless they explicitly ask me, hey, leave me alone. I'm not going to leave them alone. You know, like right. I'm going to keep checking up on you because I care about you, kiddo. You know. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I think you said something in there, too. You were talking about the um, the lack of a routine is, you know, the number one stressor in uh, teenagers. I What I want to make sure that I kind of circle back on is you didn't say it's a number one stressor in teenagers who we would think of as having special need. You just said it's the number one stressor in yes, teenagers, sir. right? Yeah. So meaning we, we can't, like, I don't want people to lose that and think that we're just talking about students with special needs. No, we're talking about every student. I think it would be fair to say that, um, you know, we could look and say, yeah, some students have a high level of special needs. Some students, yeah. um, so, you know, and then maybe others don't. Like we, we might put them in these two different categories. Yeah. I, I would maybe put it this way. Every student has maybe some unique needs or like some specialized needs, like, like when you think of a kid. So here would be an example. Um, we have another, we have another girl that, and, and actually I, this story I'm just going to share, actually, I'll just tell you, I, this same story could apply to multiple kids, but, um, because we have so much of it happening right now, but we got this girl that, um, I'll call her Haley and I'll say Haley, um, had, uh, she, she struggles with gender dysphoria. And so lots of, we have, you know, lots of kids, that do that. That's if, if you think that's not a big deal right now, just know that it is right. Like, so, so it's a lot of students struggling with that and going, man, like years ago, Jen, when we talked about, Hey, what's your identity in Christ, right? The identity conversation was around your identity in Christ. Now we're seeing, okay, students actually aren't just struggling with that. They're, they're actually going like, what is my gender identity? Like all the way down to who I am, like who I was born as. And so th this kid is so sweet okay mm. this girl is so sweet and the brightest smile mm. but some days i'll see her and i'm like man you are so broken like you are so hurting right now and and you are trying so hard to figure out who you are because you are so convinced that you aren't who you are like you are so convinced that you must be someone else and so we just keep showing up these the two leaders over this small group are so incredible okay they ali and kylie are their names so shout out to them shout out to ali and kylie who are incredible and they have loved their group so well and just continued to love and show up and show up and have conversations so we watched one of these kids who um who i just am like man you're so sweet but i can tell that you have hurt and confusion watched as this kid the last night of switch of last semester um, these leaders just keep loving them. Last night of switch, last semester, raised her hand, gave her life to Christ. Okay. I'm like, I'm on stage. I watch her hand go up and I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. And there's so much more behind the story that we don't have time to share, but it was so incredible. First night of switch this semester, 
told us that she was ready to get baptized and that she wanted to start serving on the host team. Okay, mm. so you're watching as this kid who we we would maybe go, oh my gosh, please don't let that be my small group. That sounds so difficult, right? right. And if it's not your small group, you are not getting to experience what these two <laughs> leaders are getting to experience right. right now. Because while they have, I mean, while it has not been easy, right? and they have just continued to love, they are getting to watch as, as God does what only God can do, breaking through and doing something special in this kid's life. And so whether you have a kid in your group that is special needs and that you're thinking, man, like, yeah, they, they, they legitimately have some special needs and they're hard to connect with, but I'm trying, I'm trying to figure it out. And I don't know if I'm doing it right. Or if you have a kid who wouldn't traditionally deal with what we would traditionally say is special needs, but they do have some more difficult way, you know, level of yeah. needing to connect with them or some more unique needs than what we might consider average. And, and so they're dealing with some stuff. Or if right now you've got a group full of students who you're like, no, like, I think that they're all average. It doesn't matter where you stand, because even if you don't have one in your group, just know that one's about to walk through the doors of <laughs> our church. That's right. Yep. Yep. Like they're going to. That's right. And, and if we aren't ready for them when they do, we have not done our job. And if, and if when we see them step into our group, we go, oh man, ah. Uh, like, I don't, they're not a fit. Like, you know, I've got all these other kids and this kid's just not a fit for my group. If that's where you're at, listen, if that's where you're at, know that I've been there and I am not trying to tell you shame on you. What I'm telling you is that because I've been there, I'm just telling you if that's still where your heart is, much like me, you're probably missing it. And, 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 and we really need all of us as a team, as people who go, we are called to youth ministry to reach teenagers. We need all of us to go, hey, I don't care who walks through those doors. My job as a follower of Jesus is to just keep showing up and to just keep loving. And so regardless of where you're at, that's what we need. Yeah. And I was going to say too, like, I know we're running out of time, but just once you've got your heart in the right place and you're trying to say, what does this kid need? How can I give them what they need? Um, you know what? Check out leaders.life.church and click the switch support button and check out some of those articles because they will help walk you through ways to support kids in the lobby, ways to support kids through the experience, ways to support in small group, ways to offer sensory supports. And um, there's so much to get into that. Of course, we can't get into it all here on this little short podcast. So if you, if you feel like there are behaviors, you just don't know what to do with. I mean, there's an article on how to handle challenging behaviors, and, right. but, but what I'm saying is just be ready. Um, you probably have sensory or emotional needs that, that will need a little extra support right now. Maybe you want to bring water to your small group session. Maybe you want to bring fidgets, fidget toys. Talk to your uh, YP because your youth pastor, because they can, um, we have, uh, you know, like, you, you know what I mean when I say fidgets, like little squishy toys or yeah. just something you can just fiddle with in your hand so that it kind of takes your attention away, gives you some sensory support and actually helps you open up and talk more easily for a lot of kids, especially kids who have ADHD, um, kids who have any kind of social anxiety um, and kids who are working through grief. Again, just a tiny little sensory support like that uh, or a physical support like a, a drink of water or a non, uh, maybe a non-sugary, you know, nothing too alerting, <laughs> like a, yep. a calming snack, you know, some right. basic popcorn, you know. <laughs> maybe a Red Bull. Yeah. Right, you know, yeah. Skip the skip the Skittles and Red Bull snack, <laughs> but you know, and and again, just holding space open for them to share what's on their heart. Um, that's going to meet a ton of needs. Yeah, I think um, you know. I'll, I'll say this: we. I know that this can sound challenging, 
And I know that I, I know that I'm a youth pastor and this is my all the time job, right? Like this is what I do all the time. And some of you listening, you're like, man, I've got to, I do it, you know, like most of you listening, I, I do, I have a career, I have a job outside of here. And then I come and I serve and switch. And, and man, when I get there, I'm usually tired. Like by the end of the night, like I'm like, it's uncommon if I show up after a full day of work and I'm not tired. Right. Um, so this is, this is where, what I just want to remind you. In the same way that when your youth pastor steps on that stage on a Wednesday night, in the same sense that it is not supposed to be them, but it is supposed to be Christ who is speaking, that it is not our wisdom that we are hoping shows up. It is him that when we say anything from stage, we are always open to going, God, please let it be your words and not mine. Please don't let me get in the way here. In that same sense, our hope is that when you all show up on a Wednesday night, you show up at the posture of saying, God, I'm not really digging deep for me to say something that is just wildly um, wise and eye-opening. What I am doing is I am going to make myself available for you to do something and to speak something through me that only you are aware of. And that you give me eyes to see things that I would never see if I wasn't being sensitive to your Holy Spirit. And that's what we want. And so, so for this podcast today, our, our goal isn't necessarily for you to walk away going, hey, I'm totally trained and equipped. That's, that's not possible <laughs> in, in this amount of time. What we want you to do is to walk away going, I am so much more aware of the need and I am so much more aware of my responsibility that when we show up as a person who says I'm called to this, it doesn't mean I'm just called to a certain type of kid. It means I am called to whoever God puts in front of me and whoever's in front of me, that is who has my attention and that is who will have my efforts and that is who will have my love and that is who will have my grace. Yes. And so so that's that's what we hope to see from each of you. That's what we hope to see from ourselves. That's what your youth pastors um, not just want from you, but want in their own walk and in their own life. And so if you if right now you're going, I have this kid, like you're just described my kid. One of those kids was a kid in my group. Then I need you to go to your youth pastor and say, hey, I need some resources because they have access to so many resources. I can basically say, if you're wondering if we have a resource for what you're dealing with, the answer is yes. We have a lot of resources and things that we can help you with. Just go talk to your youth pastor um, about what it may be. Hey, Heather, as we're wrapping up, is there anything that you would like to kind of, is there any final thoughts or words that you'd like to share with our switch leaders? Oh, gosh. Uh, just, again, a word of thanks. Um, thank you for letting God use you in this way. Thank you for all the years of how can I help that you've already already put into this ministry. Don't give up now. Um, your kids need you more than ever. Remember that the ministry that happens before, after, and between the times that you show up, just like those texts we talked about earlier, can make the most lasting impact. Remember, it's your job to respond to these kids. Don't react to things that are triggering um, uncomfortable feelings for you. Um, and remember that you are making a difference. Your work is not in vain. Nothing you do for God is ever in vain.
Thank you so much, Heather. And um, hey, thank you to our Switch leaders. Um, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for being a part of this ministry and giving so much of yourselves. I want to remind, uh, I want to remind all of you that our our focus for the year is more Jesus. And just know that where there is more Jesus, um, there will be more stories. There will be more favor. Um, there will be some incredible excitement of what the Holy Spirit is doing. And so in our youth ministry this year, there will be more Jesus. For there to be more Jesus, you and I and all of us have to be pursuing our own relationship with Jesus. We have to do everything that we can to bring him into every conversation that we have. So let's all do our part. Let's make sure that we are fighting to be closer to him. Let's make sure that we are fighting for our students to know him better. Know that each day is another opportunity to help them take a step closer. And if you're listening right now and maybe uh, you have a topic for us to cover or some questions or some thoughts, please email them to switch at life.church. It helps us a ton to know what's going on in your, in your minds and in your hearts and what you'd love to hear us talk about. And as always, thanks for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow.